0: Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with God. I'm your host, Jody Kira Costa, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey with Jesus. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure to like or follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss any of our encouraging episodes. You probably know by now that I always ask my guests what woman of the Bible has inspired, encouraged, or taught her something, but what about you? I'd love to hear what woman of the Bible has helped you in your walk of faith. Just email me at org and tell me why. I just might read it on a future episode to encourage others who are listening. Remember, email me at org. In First John 4:16, in the NLT, it says, "We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love." Wow, that is an amazing truth to think about. People all over the world think of God as an ogre or disinterested or vengeful or capricious or any number of things that are so antithetical to love, but everyone wants to be love at the very core of our being, God created us to be loved and to love. Really knowing that God is love and that God truly loves us is life-changing. My guest, Joyce Kayla, has grasped how much God loves her and us. Growing up in a moderate Muslim home, she believed there's a God but had no concept of his love. Once she encountered him, things changed. Since then, she has spent her life telling others about our wonderful Savior. Joyce now serves as the mission director at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, and is passionate about sharing the love of God with others. Welcome, Joyce. Hi, Judy. So glad to be with you. Joyce, you were raised a Muslim, but eventually you put your faith in Jesus. Share a little about your younger years, your family, and how you first encountered the living God. Okay,
1: I'm so excited to always talk about what God's done in my life. And as Jody said, my dad's from the Middle East, came from a Muslim background. He uh, met my mom in Brooklyn, New York, married, and there was five siblings. We grew up in the East Coast, Maryland, Virginia, and we had a really loving family And we were raised in a nominal Muslim family. We did the fasting, the Ramadan, but we weren't totally devout, but we did what we knew as the religion required. And that's how we lived. And it was good years until my brother, who's the oldest, and he was probably the most devout when he was in high school. He started questioning his faith because he was talking to other people who had different religions, and he always wondered, why do people have different religions? Why do they, the Hindus think they're right, the Buddhists think they're right, the Muslims? So he wanted to know for himself. So he went on a quest, and he asked God to show him the truth, not from his parents or a teacher, but he wanted God to show him himself. So he studied all the different religions and was on this quest. So when he was ready to try out the religions, he decided to do Christianity first just to get it out of the way. So he went to a a Christian coffee shop he was invited to, and they shared the the gospel with him. And at the end, he had to say, Jesus is Lord. And it was really hard for him to do that, but he asked Jesus to come into his heart for one week. And of course, they said, you can't do that. But he said, it's my life. I can do what I want to do. So he asked Jesus to come in his heart. What he didn't know is that Jesus came in his heart And totally transformed him and revealed himself to him in a very special way. Since that time, it was good news, bad news for him. You know, my dad didn't quite accept it. But because they were loving, they let him uh, come back after disowning him. So during that time, I was in college. And I was um, seeking God myself because, you know, we knew religion. We didn't really have a relationship with God other than praying the prayers. And one day I was on the beach just asking the Lord, you know, God, I know you're real. I see all this sand. I don't want to just be like a sand, just like one person. I know I have a purpose and I matter. And I just want you to show me the truth. So I was seeking God as well, even though I believe, you know, I was, you know, still a Muslim. And there was a couple encounters I had with people who talked about Jesus when I was in college. But I felt sorry for them because... I didn't know how they could believe that God had a son. So I would just listen to them and it just went in one ear and out the other, I thought at that time. So I was home for the summer, and which was in uh, Houston, in between college and my brother kept inviting me to come to church and I kept saying no because I saw kind of the persecution he was going through and I just had no inclination to, you know, experience that. So it was the last day before I was going to college. I got ready and got dressed, and he said, where are you going? I go, I'm going to church. And I was even mad about it, but the Holy Spirit was just prodding me. I know it was the Holy Spirit then to go. So I went to church. I heard the gospel, and right then I knew that Jesus was the Son of God and that if I didn't accept him, I would die and go to hell. And that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know the New Testament, Old Testament, even John 3, 16. But God revealed himself to me, and that's what I knew. So the very next day, I left and went off to college.
0: So you did go off to college the very next day. You know, like you said, you had very little understanding of Christianity, but you knew Jesus is the Son of God. Um, And you were going to a new college, didn't know a whole lot of people, certainly no Christians that which has been very hard for you so how did you grow in Christ and how did you get connected with other with other believers
1: well i was a little nervous to be honest because i knew something had happened to me but i wasn't sure exactly but they did give me a bible and i had little books so i was reading my bible and reading these small books to help me grow in my faith and God started slowly revealing his love to me. It wasn't just a religion, but it was a true relationship. And that was the difference. I was listening to Christian music. I think that was very encouraging to me. And I still didn't know any other believers at this point. So I was totally depending on the Holy Spirit praying. I was going through an emotional mess at the time as well, because not really knowing everything, but just trusting God to reveal himself to me and he did and it's his love that really settled me in not me loving God but knowing God's love for me that was the huge difference so I was tell people it was the fear of God that brought me but it's his love that's kept me mm-hmm. and one of the things that I went through a lot was a condemnation because I would just ask the Lord to save me every day because I wanted to be right with him coming from a religion you know of a works mentality instead of a just being and when god revealed his righteousness to me you know romans 8 said there's no condemnation in christ well i had condemnation in me but there's none in christ so when god showed me like he's paid the price for every sin i ever had and that his his grace is a gift and i just have to receive it So i think really getting that down inside me was a true revelation and not to be confused anymore and then eventually I did meet other believers and then God used me with the little knowledge I had but just sharing in the Mardi Gras outreach and with other believers
0: you got connected with a Mardi Gras outreach i mean with were you at a church or with a with a campus group or how did, how did that connection get made well i
1: was um, in living in the dorms at the time and I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I had prayed for it at one time and didn't receive it. Again, I would just felt like, oh, well, God didn't, you know, love me enough or receive me. But again, when I got that revelation, so one day someone came because uh, the uh, people knew I was a Christian at that time, and they wanted me to go speak to someone. So I went into this room to talk to someone, and they were into all kinds of crazy Confusion, uh, energy stuff. And when I left there, I was confused myself. So I went back to my room and I just was asking the Lord to forgive me because I was like, God, I know you're real. I just know you're real. And in and, and that moment, the Holy Spirit just flooded my room. There was a light that came in and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues. And from that moment on, I just got a new boldness and a new assurance of really who God was, you know, it's a relationship. So you're constantly growing. And I pointed to the Bible because I knew Mardi Gras was the next day. And, and of course the word said, go ye into the world. So I went out there and that's when I met other believers sharing the love of God.
0: So you boldly went out there by yourself. Boy, that, uh, that is cur that's courageous. And, but then God connected you with other believers. So your obedience really was a pathway into, um, a greater, greater life with other believers. Yeah. Yeah, So God was really grounding you in your faith while you were away at college. But then when you graduated, he sent you home to help with your family business. I mean, how did that go living again with your Muslim parents? And what did God do in you and in them during that time? Yes, I
1: called those the silent growing years. And I really felt like God said to go back and help your parents. And to honor your parents, you know, the Bible talks about honoring your parents and not preach and not say anything, but just pray and and be a witness. So I did that, you know, quietly. I would still read my Bible. I'd go to church when I could. And it was just patience. And I think the number one thing for me was just worship. You know, the Bible talks about ministering to the Lord. So just spending that time with God and letting him minister to you, but also us ministering to God. And again, it's just that love flowing out and knowing that he would do it in me, you know, not me or any works I did, but just God working. And eventually, you know, he released me from that. But those were, you hear about those silent growing years, uh, painful, long suffering, but getting strengthened in that, in in our inner man.
0: And your parents eventually did come to Christ. So how did that happen?
1: My brother had ministered to my dad, you know, all these years. So for 20 years, we were praying for our parents to come to know the Lord, and they thought our faith would get less, they thought we were brainwashed at some point. But they they saw it getting stronger and stronger. And I had other siblings too, and they came to the Lord. And my dad was sick; Um, he got sick, and he was in the hospital. And my brother was talking to him, and we took him out of the hospital, and they agreed to come to church. They had been before. And that particular night, my dad heard the gospel, and he he just opened his heart. And and my brother said, you know, what was it? You know, all this great preaching. And he said, no, God just opened my heart. And then he saw a couple believers that had been praying for us because People were so loving and wonderful to our family. And when they came up to my dad, they were just crying. And my dad started naming all the people that came to see him in the hospital. So, like, those were the true believers, and he knew they were real. And then my mom came. She got a revelation of who Jesus was. She always believed in God and Jesus because she grew up Greek Orthodox. But then when she knew that Jesus was really the Son of God, then she just became a very um, passionate about the Lord and uh, intercessor
0: in my quiet time this morning, I was reading a devotional written by Dutch sheets, and he was talking about the importance not just of remorse for our sins but of a revelation from God of who He is and our need for him and that revelation is what you know when we have that birthing in our heart, then no matter what comes our way, we are. We know that we know that we know that God is real. We know that we know that we know that he loves us. We know that we know that we know that we need him. And when we're just sorry for our sin or sorry for getting caught, but we don't have that revelation of God, it's not sustaining for us. So that revelation is so important. And he's so willing to give us that revelation. Uh, But Joyce, during that time that you were faithfully working with your family, God was awakening your heart to the nation's which is kind of a fun story. Tell us how he did that and where he took you. Well, our church
1: um, always had a heart for the world and for the nations. And we seem to always have visitors come from all over the world. And one day I was just driving the church on my own and I saw a billboard and it said, fly KLM Holland. And I just, my spirit just got excited. And then I just started weeping and I felt like the Lord said, you're going to go there. And I didn't even know where it was at the time. And I said, okay. So I went out and got a passport like the next week and just knew that I was going to go there. But it took some time, a couple years. It was just growing in me. I started putting posters up in my room of different countries God was putting on my heart. And I was just praying. And I just had a heart for Europe at the time and young people, young adults. But I didn't know how to get there. And I remember one day there was a concert with Twyla Paris and she, she was at University of Houston. I went to hear because I loved her worship. Again, it's just worshiping and ministering to the Lord. And I remember they were talking about why Wayne Youth with the Mission, her uncle. And when he was talking about it, I got so excited. I go, what is that? You know, I would love to be part of that. But when they said how much it costs, it just kind of discouraged me because at that time, it seemed like a million dollars, so I just put it on the shelf. But it kept growing and growing, and I finally asked the Lord to please just take this away or show me what to do. Because mission was existing, it just, I wasn't in the know of how it worked. So I went to a Jesus Go Fest. Someone invited me, and I was excited because Twyla Paris was going to be there. This is about two, two, three years after he showed me the billboard. And I said, if I could just talk to her again, I think, you know, I'm ready. So when I went there, I saw that YWAM was all about missions and serving the Lord in different countries. And I was excited about going to um, possibly do a DTS and then maybe go to Switzerland after because I like the cold. So when I was waiting to talk to, to Twyla, the preacher came up. It was Floyd McClung, and he started speaking and when he spoke, it just pierced my heart. And I said, I need to go hear him again. So I went to his breakout. And when he was talking, it was him and his family, and they were from Amsterdam, Holland, talking about their ministry. And I felt the Lord just kind of tapped me on the shoulder saying, remember the billboard, Holland, this is where you're going to go. So I ended up doing a DTS in Holland. I went to outreach in Africa, and and finally got to go to Switzerland. So it was just step by step. God just led me to one country to the next.
0: Yeah, and for listeners who don't know what DTS is, that's Discipleship Training School that YWAM offers in uh, places all over the world. Really, check it out if God's moving on your heart to do that. Uh, but those are some amazing experiences. And I know when you start having a taste of working. And seeing God work internationally, it's just, you know, I want to say addicting, although it's not addicting, but, you know, the Lord just births more of that in your heart. What did you learn when you were abroad? And, you know, I know a lot of times you might have wanted to stay, but how did God lead you home?
1: Yes, it was just great meeting people from all over the world, even on our mission trips. We had probably 20 countries represented. So we got to meet different people and get to know the culture so God put a love for cultures in me and just one thing I want to share here is you know God loves all people you know in the book of Acts and the book of Revelations he talks about you know the nations and God is pro-people he never loves one and hates another but he loves all people and that's why he came to seek and save those which were lost so I got to just have so many wonderful experiences with that The heart for the nations has always been in my heart since then. And then I was in Switzerland of all places, which is probably my favorite place. I just loved it. And at that point, God just put a burden in my heart for Houston. I got homesick for Houston. And I go, really, Lord? Houston? So I said, the only thing I'd want to do in Houston would probably do missions. So I called and they said, you know, come on home. So I ended up going back. I think I was baiting me to come back to Houston, and, and I did. And of course, I I was always serving in the church, either volunteering
0: or going on mission trips. He did send you back home to Houston after you had had you know this experience in YWAM, but he had some ministry opportunities for you there. Um, not initially exactly what you were hoping for or thinking he was going to do, but show tell us what God had you do. And, uh, and how he used you in, the, in those ways.
1: Yes. And even just to get there, you know, the a couple things I wanted to share is, you know, God, just being still and hearing from God and then taking those steps when we hear him. And the one thing I learned from John Osteen is to follow peace. When God leads, he leads by peace. He doesn't push or, um, you know, put fear, but he leads by peace. So I had that peace to come home. And the, the door that I was hoping was open did not open at that time. But God led me into different ministries with the Houston Baptist University, FCA, just ministering to uh, young women and then in the um, athletic field with coaches and, and athletes and encouraging them because everybody needs encouraging. And that was a big need that God opened up for me. So he just led me by piece from one thing to the next. I wasn't even looking for a job, and when he put a desire in my heart, the door would open and I would just follow it, and that's how he led me into these different ministries.
0: Yeah, and you had been a collegiate volleyball player, and that volleyball background, I mean, the Lord uses everything in our life. He used that background and love for people to open a lot of doors to encourage other people in their walk with the Lord. Share a story or two about, you know, how how you did, what you did and and how you God's how you saw God moving in people's lives.
1: Yes, I would get to share, you know, some Bible studies with these coaches. Um, there is one coach in particular on a collegiate level. And, you know, they go through so many experiences and fear and, and just the pressure that they have. So God would just leave me there to go and minister to them or put them in my heart. Or I would just make it a regular basis to go and Uh, visit them you know just the ministry of presence is so big you know whenever you continue to go somewhere and you build a relationship with them so then they trust you and then they listen they're encouraged so that was a really good thing and just using your gifts I would encourage people you know if your gift is teaching teach if it's serving serve you know one of my gifts is encouraging so that gift isn't for me it's for me to give away and to use and there was uh, several young girls in the dorm that just were wild, and the Lord would just impress on me to be patient, you know, keep loving them. And now I look
0: back years now and see how they've grown and how they're serving the Lord. Yeah, we never know the way God's using us. You know, in Scripture it says, you know, one, one sows, one plants, one waters, one reaps. And we all have a part in that process if if we allow God to use us in that way. So we may not be the one to lead everybody to the Lord, but we might have a role. We do have a role along the way in opening their hearts to the revelation of God. You know, at the same time that you were ministering um, in fellowship of Christian athletes and as a dorm director, uh, you also were attending Lakewood church and regularly were volunteering in the missions department And then God finally opened a door for you there. How did that happen? And what has God had you involved with at Lakewood? Well,
1: I was volunteering at the time in missions, but I was also serving the youth and different ministries there. You know, God just wants us to serve the local body as well as the world. So in that time, uh, Opportunity came up to do a local missions ministry And I had prayed about it. I wasn't so excited about it because I really wanted to do international missions, but I felt the peace as I learned and to to take that step. And then from there, you know, God just opened doors and eventually, you know, I was able to help lead with the uh, foreign mission trips and the uh, international trips. But in that time, you know, again, we're just, our church has always been so international and diverse and just meeting people from all over the world. And, and I I believe God wants everyone to be that place, you know, God's bringing the world here, even to Houston, but we have so many different cultures and nationalities, and there's a open door, you know, to minister to them and to share with them. And we should be open and not be afraid to step out and love our neighbor or the person at the grocery store, or whoever God puts in our path. Everyone has their world, you know, to talk to and minister to. So
0: Joyce, you know, people are sitting there listening and saying, I want to do that, but how do I actually practically do it? What are some of those simple steps that you took and that you mobilized people at your church to take in local outreach even? Let's start there.
1: You know, we've heard the saying, see where God's working and join him. And he's work. I think one place to start is just even serving at your church. You could be a usher, a greeter, information, work with the kids, you know, the youth. And then there's the local outreaches. See see what outreaches are out there. It could be with human trafficking. It could be with the refugees. It could be shelters. So wherever your desire is, you know, I would say take that first step. Don't volunteer for everything, but just commit to, for six months, say, okay, I'm going to go work with the uh, women's shelters, you know, and take that step and grow in it. And then from there, you'll know where your passion lies and that will be the people you'll want to serve. And then from there, you'll, you know, I have a lot of people that do that they go, I want to go on a mission trip, you know. So, you know, see what the steps are for that, what country they're going to. And then there's usually training for that. So Everything's a step-by-step, but everyone is, you know, John Ossie used to say, everyone's a minister. So you are a minister wherever you are and God will equip you for where you are. You know, he doesn't call the equip, he equips the call. So if he's calling you, he'll equip you little by little. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to go to seminary, but just take that step, you know, for what you know and follow his
0: love. Now that you're in international missions, I know that the Lord has taken you to some very interesting places and had you involved in some pretty critical uh, ministries, you know, that we think of, of um, what's going on in the Middle East. And the Lord has had, you know, you and Lakewood partner with um, some ministry in Jerusalem uh, that's, that's working in that area and in India and with refugees just share, you know, a story or two about, the kinds of things uh, that are happening that you've been able to be involved in, the Lord's allowed you to be involved in, and uh, maybe other people will get inspired and or burdened to pray for those areas. Well,
1: we have been in Jerusalem several times. There's a ministry we work with. And the neat thing about that ministry is we work with the Arabs and the Jews, the reconciliation of both. Again, God is pro-people. He loves all people. And, um, And His heart is for people to know Him. and and he uses different things you know we had a christian coffee shop and we would see women come from all over to come to the coffee shop arabs and jews together and just how god would use that i've been in india again working with the um, different ministries there, medical missions and um, the refugees human trafficking is a huge thing there so being able to minister to the Women in the brothels, and then just the children, just feeling where God's leading you and taking that step to go again. You don't have to know everything, but you know, we should study the culture and understand cultures. I think that's one of the biggest things to know. And you can only know so much till you go there, but that's huge. And when you appreciate a people group and love them and just even know how to greet them is a big deal.
0: Yeah, the Lord uses people who make themselves available to him. If you make yourself available to God and say, Lord, use me, I'm available. He will direct you. Now, like Joyce, it might, it might not be an immediate, okay, today I want you to go overseas. It might be, he's going to show you and build you up in your faith and in your knowledge. I mean, he showed Joyce a billboard that told her where she was going to go. And it was a few years later that he, she actually went, So the Lord might, you know, birth something in your heart, but if you make yourself available, he will use you in a way that is perfectly suited for you because he designed you for that specific purpose. You know, Joyce, over the years, you've tuned your ear to hear God's voice leading you, giving you direction, of course, but also directing you in ministry to others. Share about that and how God has used your gift of encouragement. Some people might have a gift of encouragement and not really know what to do with it.
1: Okay, I think my first encounter, I was just a young believer, and I started having compassion for this particular girl It was in a church service, and I felt like the Lord was saying, go and give her a hug and tell her that I love her. And I said, I was afraid, so I didn't do it, and because I didn't know her. Well, during that service at the end, uh, the pastor called for people who were thinking about committing suicide and six people stood up and one was that young person and I just sunk in my heart and I went up after and at that point I knew God was leading me through that divine flow of love is what we call it and since then I always try to follow that love because God is love as you said at the beginning and God is love and where love flows is where God's going so follow and be guided by love and you might, I don't wake up every day and say, okay, you know, get out a list and see where it's going to go or manufacture it. But I just get up and I pray and I start, God may start putting people on my heart. And maybe he's been putting someone on your heart to either call or to go and to just be with them and talk to them. So just see where love leads, and that's that divine flow of love. Because the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. Every time Jesus was moved with compassion, he talked to someone, he healed somebody, and or they were delivered. So it's just following that love. And again, it's not my love, but it's I know when it's God's love, and I'm never afraid to do it now because I realize the devil never wants to encourage somebody. He's always you know, puts fear in us. But when you follow that love, just like I did with that young lady, and just a little story. This is just something that happened the other day. Went to McDonald's drive-through because I wanted a coffee. I went out of my way because the exit was closed to this other McDonald's. So when I was there, I felt the Lord say, "Buy that person's meal behind you." I felt that compassion. And I said, "Okay, you know, no problem. A couple dollars." So when I went up to the window. I told the lady, and she said, I asked, how much was it? And she said, $28. I went, $28? (laughs) She even said, that's too much. I go, no, no, no. I got to do this. So I said, just let them know this is from (laughs) Jesus, that he loves them. It was right around Christmas time. And so when I was waiting to get my coffee, I guess they got the word and they were beeping their horn and waving and they were so appreciative. But who knows that they didn't need to really know God's love that day for them and their family. So again, just um, being led with that and don't overthink it, just go with it. And it might be fear, fearful at first, but if you do, and the Bible says love never fails.
0: Amen. So Joyce, what are some key truths that the Lord has planted in you that have enabled you to serve him so faithfully all these years? What? Like, First of
1: all, it's just knowing God's love for me and receiving it. I think that's the root the, of everything in me, the core. When you know his love, then perfect love cast out fear. And you know God's got a plan for you. And just being secure in that. The other thing he showed me is that I'm not my own. Like God bought me with the price, I'm his. So whatever he wants to do. And then use the gifts he's given me. Use the gifts he's given you. It might be administration. You know, it might be organizing. It might be teaching. It might be preaching. But those gifts are for the body and for the world. And I would just encourage everyone to use their gift.
0: Mm, Amen. Well, as we close, Joyce, would you share about a woman of the Bible who's inspired or encouraged or taught you something?
1: I think Esther is probably one of my favorite she understood the power of God and just listening. Even she was waiting, you know, to hear at the right timing for his instruction and just being bold to follow that. And then just using her blessing and influence to help others, you know, to change, to see others change. So it wasn't just for her even because she could have died doing it. But it's like being bold. And I feel like God's got so much for us to do, but it's not in our own strength. If our faith is in God, not in ourselves and, you know, he can do anything. So I think that's my goal this year is just to, when I hear God step out, don't be afraid. And he can do way more than we can ever dream, think, or imagine. And I think blessed to be a blessing, not for ourselves, but to really see the world come and the harvest come. in.
0: Amen. As I've been listening to Joyce's story, I am struck by the tender mercies of God. As she's followed the Lord, God has taken care of the things that have concerned her, like seeing her parents come to faith in Christ and providing for her when she stepped out to go on a mission, and protecting her from harm as she shares his love in some pretty challenging places. Romans eight thirty seven through 39 says, So in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life— Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And he wants others to know that great love as well. Ask the Lord how he wants you to share his love with others and then step out boldly. As Joyce said, knowing his love will carry you as you do. Joyce, will you take a moment and pray for our listeners?
1: Father God, we just thank you and we love you. Father, I just praise you. Thank you, Lord, for just saving me, Lord, and revealing yourself to me, revealing your love to me. And Lord, I pray for every listener, Lord, that knows you or that doesn't know you, Father, that you would reveal your love to them. Lord, that it's in believing, not doing, Father, that we receive this great gift of grace, Father. And I just pray that you would they would know your love they can experience it not just hear about it you know it's a cliche god loves you but he really does love you and i pray that you will get that down so deep in your heart and you'll know and from that love you won't be afraid to do anything god's put on your heart and even praying for your families those you're believing to come that this would be the year you would see your siblings come in your parents um those that are wayward. Father, I just pray that you draw them by your spirit. You send other laborers out to speak to them and reveal yourself to them. Lord, we just thank you that this will be a great year, um, a year of faith, Father, but faith in you, not in us, not in our own works, but in what you can do. And Father, that we would take that one step. It doesn't have to be everything. One thing I've learned is you don't show us the whole future. You just show us the next step. And if we'll be bold and trust you, and even if we fail, Lord, take that step, and you'll take us to the next step, because you've laid out our days, as you said in Psalm 139, every day is laid out before you, so Father, you know the future, and we know the future is good, so Father, just bless every believer, encourage them this year, and may they look forward, not backwards, but look to the future, and forget the past, Father, but look to what you have for them in the future. And we just love you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. You know, friends, there are orphans as well as widows all over the world who need to experience the tangible love of God right now. Many have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Just go to HerGodStory.org and click on the Widow and Orphan tab at the top of the page. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at HerGodStory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. You can also get a six-week devotional on Women of the Bible that you can download for free or purchase a 12-week devotional that we will send you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds go to the Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd love to pray with you also on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friend, I bless you from Ephesians 3, 17b-19. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.